We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you finish Did you that? that? We're, about one half, we're about halfway there. We're just saying that he's off to a nice start. Why does it have to be all or nothing all the time? Like, what am I doing? I'm doing it for the show. Field of 68 till I die. This is the Field of 68 After Dark Show, the only place that you need to be for college hoops every single night. Everybody, on this Thursday night, November the 17th, 2022, two of the three panelists on Field of 68 After Dark were NBA draft first rounders. Can you guess who wasn't? Let's get it rolling. John Henson is with us. Randolph Childress is with us. Will we get any North Carolina Wake Forest trash talking tonight, gentlemen? Not yet. You Not know, because the Tar Heels, no. the Tar Heels, you know, I'm worried about when they play a good team. So that's all I can really say right now. Well, okay, so wait, wait a minute. Yeah. Why? Um, you know, I, I don't think they've looked strong as of late. Um, I think defensively. You know, it's something that they kind of need to work on. Maybe that they've gotten away from, in my opinion, just from watching. Um, and yeah, they, you know, these teams that they're kind of supposed to handle a little bit, even though they're pretty good teams, you know, in their right in their conferences. I, I'm, I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried. Randolph, have you ever heard a North Carolina guy say, "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna worried. talk, I'm not gonna talk at a Wake Forest"? He's just trying to be modest, man. They, they're the number one team in the country. Get out of here with that, man. They, 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 number one team. But you're right. They, I mean, honestly, being fair, they haven't. They, they, I think Hewitt would attest to this. They're not as defensively as locked in as you'd like for him, you know, that team to be. And and they had some teams earlier that they could have put away. Um, I've been encouraged, though, because I think they're committed to their bench play. I don't think they got a ton of production, but yeah. they committed to them early, and I think that'll pay off. That'll pay dividends for them later in the year when they get in the conference play. I was mentioning to my boys, I was like, hey, it was Roy Williams, an underrated defensive coach. Is that something we didn't think about for a second? So, you know, it's interesting. It's, it's very interesting to see that, like the new kind of Hubert Davis type type of style of play, man. Sure. Well, we have a big show for you all as Feast Week has really revved up. Myrtle Beach, Charleston Classic. It was so great to wake up this morning and turn on the TV around 1130 a.m. and see Penn State playing Furman and just watch basketball. Reminds right. us what the next 10 days are like. Right. And, and that, like – we forget it's the second week of the season right. and these feast week tournaments are, are revving up not much time, not a, not a whole additional week built. And that's the other side of 
the the start to the the season and now you rev up and and you've got just a little more than a week in you've got these teams playing some really critical resume games at 11:15 we'll have Steve Prohm he is the head coach of Murray State he is a field of 68 alum yes, and he nice. is the star <laughs> he's the star of the night Randolph Childress is, because his racers pulled off an amazing win over Texas A&M they play well tonight. You got to be proud of Steve. I mean, just the way his team came out to play, uh, really from start to finish. Sure. You know, I thought they came out from the start to finish. And I mean, they had a little letdown there, you know, in the second half to start uh, the second half, but they they finished the game strong. I mean, I was really impressed with them. I'm not, you know, we know him. We know his staff. We knew there was no quitting those guys, but they handled everything about Texas A&M pressure and all the, the talk about what how good their team was. I mean, Murray State looked like the better team from from for forty minutes, or at least thirty out of forty minutes. Yeah, I mean, um, if you look at these kind of games that you know the underdogs win, they come out and they jump on them, right? They jump on these teams, and then they can kind of then it's a ball game, and and I think that's what the teams, you know, Murray State of the world's UMass's when they come out and jump on them, it's it's a ball game. So I think that's kind of what I've been seeing these last you know few days. Those teams kind of coming out and and not playing scared. You know? Well, in these tournaments, too, I mean, playing these big games, John, you talked about doing feast. I mean, you know, fans are doing feast week. It's different because there's not really a home court advantage. Right. You know, it's a neutral site game. And you'd be surprised that some of the, you know, with some of these locations, some of the some of the mid-major programs and, and smaller programs are they're traveling. And right. so it's not that, you know, it's not a home court advantage for some of these teams when they come. You, you're just making that assumption and. Uh, you know, the kids are just playing. They're just feeding off of it. They ha- they hit shots early. And when I, you watch these games and teams come out early, and it, it, just, it just trickles down. And and, and right. I, I, was, I was really impressed with Murray State today. I mean, I, I, I we know those guys really well, and I'm cheering for those guys, you know, but to see them come out today and answer the bell now, I know they're, they're going to celebrate tonight and right back at it tomorrow, but you got to be proud of what they what they showed tonight. That's how you we Go ahead, John. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. As we looked at the day, there was a lot that happened today, and there's a lot happening right now. I mean, you think about what's going on in Brooklyn. We got to talk about this because in the Legends Classic, folks, little less than 11 minutes are on the clock, and Bobby Hurley, his Arizona State Sun Devils, are up 64-43 to on Michigan. Right. On Michigan, a top-20 Michigan team. With Hunter Dickinson back, yeah, with some new pieces and parts, but John Henson, what the hell is happening in Brooklyn tonight? You know, I, I you know, that I think that's that's a test of the neutral site. And then, you know, also I think Michigan started off slow. Hunter Dickinson was missing a few bunnies, a few layups, and things getting the shot blocked a little bit by the bigs and it was bothering him in the guard play. Jet Howard was kind of the only guy that kind of came to play early. And Arizona State's good enough to where once they got rolling, as you guys saw, it, it, it wasn't no stopping them. I mean, everything they shot, it was cash. It wasn't hitting the rim, you know? So it's it's got to be ready. One thing I'll add to that, John, and we're seeing this in some of these early games, and we're, I know we're going to talk about, you know, the Texas and Gonzaga game. Yep. When you have these bigs, and this you can look at this at any level, what I'm about to say. When you have these bigs, if they're not dominant on the offensive end, they're playing back and drop coverage. And, you know, John, you know this. If you're letting guards come off and get downhill, we're going to mm-hmm. get a shot. Good guard play because you're just sitting in a lane. And right. I'm just coming off getting ahead of steam, whether I'm shooting. And then if I contest and you come up, my big is getting the tip dunk or follow up. 
right. just gives you opportunity. So with these big physical bigs we're talking about, if they're not dominating the game on the offensive end, I, I won't call them a liability. I was going to say put, liability. You put so much pressure. <laughs> you put so much pressure on the rest of your team when you do that. And, Listen, and, and, it, and I know you can understand that because having those different no, I, coverages, when 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 bigs are just sitting back in a lane trying to keep everything in front, you putting so much pressure on those guards, and that's a lot to ask. It's it's a lot of pressure on the guards, and and you know, as you know, especially this new basketball, right? If if Hunter Dickinson's down there. Making right. you know, making good moves, getting tough scores down there. I think we live with that, right? He's got to literally, like you say, dominate offensive rebound, unstoppable. Maybe call a few double teams for him to be, you know, those these big guys to be effective. And um, I think we're seeing that, you know, and especially these teams with those kind of mobile hybrid bigs of Virginia Tech, which is a team I love. You know, those those guys that can kind of play a little bit. Those are they're, they're, those are the tough teams these days. I mean, Arizona State is up twenty five. Right now, and and for what it's worth, I know it's a neutral court. I know the game. Right. You know, I, I understand that it is a pro Michigan crowd. Let's face it. And Randolph, no we were talking. We were talking about this before the show. It's like, cold folks, up here too. folks, <laughs> folks. It's Arizona State, and a lot of people have been critical of Bobby Hurley the last couple of years. Yeah. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't have been critical of him, but he could have been off to a different job. COVID affected where he kind of was. And entering this season, it was thought to be a critical year. Let's face it, his seat was hot. But he went out, he got the Cambridge brothers. He went out and brought in several transfers. He's got a garden, DJ Horn, who, as a junior from Raleigh, North Carolina, has 16 tonight. Desmond Cambridge has 20 in this game. Like, it's not for a lack of ability to bring in guys. Randolph, what do you make of, of Bobby Hurley and Arizona State and everything happening right now in a much-needed game, a much-needed yeah. game for the Pac-12? The league needed it. I think mm-hmm. the league needed it because from early from early on, everyone was talking about this was the worst power five conference, you know, and, and so the league needed it. And, and I'm happy for Bobby. Um, he had some good teams. COVID just killed him. I know there's been some, you know, a lot of discussions about the facilities and everything there. I, I just thought, you know, for me, I, I wasn't advocate, advocating thinking that he was going to get fired. I thought he would just leave. I just thought there'd be a mutual agreement. There'd be teams he'd come back further east where he has ties and and get a job there. But again, big win for him. I'm happy for him. Uh, you know, obviously they got a lot of basketball left to play, but this is a resume builder for these guys going later in the yep. year because everyone was talking about the Big Ten having maybe 10 teams. This is the best conference, maybe not mm. a dominant team, but but right now, I mean, we'll talk about that. Maybe who who is that team in the, in the Big Ten? But from a depth standpoint, we thought this was the best team in the league, and and you can't. I mean, people are going to remember this. This is a dominant. This is a dominant performance. I mean, let's just call it what it is. Michigan is getting their ass kicked for sure. I mean, um, this could propel them to a great season. Uh, obviously, Hurley's a great coach down there. I love I love Hurley. Um, wish he had you know the the things he needed to really build a program, but you know. He has essentially kind of made Arizona State a little relevant, man. We, we we talk about him, we see him. It's not like we've forgotten about him. And uh, like I said, a must needed win for the conference because uh, the Pac-12, you know, is is struggles sometimes, man. It struggles. Well, Fanta, like I like like I'm saying, I mean, when you watch the the games, it's the guards that are killing Michigan, and oh. it's hard to do that. And it's hard. And, and and John, you know what I mean when I say this. When you have a big that can't come out on the perimeter to guard, and he just and you got to keep him in the paint, he better dominate on the other end and control tempo. You got to literally run your offense through him. 
Right. If you, right. you know, because he's having trouble defending these guards coming off handoffs, playing the perimeter, and you know, Arizona State guards just lighting their ass up. Ain't no other way to describe it. Hmm. I, I guess the the thought process is to that end. When you have an elite big on paper in Hunter Dickinson, how do you mesh that with a new look backcourt and be able to be functional? Because tonight they're not functional. I, I, I think for hunt, for uh, like traditional big to be successful, in my opinion, uh, you, you got to start feeding him early and get him going, and and, and then you can kind of play from there. If you don't. As a big, you don't get to touch us early. You know, you may not go as hard on the offensive rebound. Hey, you may not get back as fast. When you get some big boys, some buckets and some easy buckets, he's going to be a little more aggressive on that pick and roll. He's going to guard a little more. So I think that's kind of what Michigan need, needed to do. And, you know, with the guard, you know, these days with the guard play, right, you know, it's, it's kind of how the game is going. But with a dominant guy, you know, national player of the year, candidate type guy, feed the big fella. Until you can't feed him no more, he doesn't make shots, and then we play from there. So, I think that was something that 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 you know Michigan, even all these teams with these other bigs, kind of need to look at. You need to do it because on the other end, I'm putting you in a ball screen every time down the floor. That's the game plan. Mm-hmm. So you yep. got to go to him before he fatigues, because on the other end, he's going to be involved in every action. Because I know I got to get you out the paint. I can't go attack John. I'm not going to go in there and attack you at the rim. I got to pull right. you out, and that's going to be the game plan. So I'm going to make sure I work you on the, on the defensive end. They need to make sure they feed them on the offensive end. All right, let's bring in our special guest, the Murray State Racers. What <laughs> a win, 88-79 to over 24th-ranked Texas A&M and Murray State moving on with a statement win in the Myrtle Beach Invitational. The head coach of Murray State is a field of 68 alum. Nice. Nobody, there's nice, nobody nice, we'd nice. rather be talking to than Steve Prome. Coach Prome, congratulations and welcome back to the Field of 68 After Dark. Man, it's, I'm, I'm on here, man, and I, and I don't have any notes to prepare, man. I can just, <laughs> and just and just wing it, man. And then I was texting with Randolph off off air. The skins, the commanders won four to five, man. So, and we're good, man. It's a good day. It's, it's a great day. So, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a great good. day, Co- Coach. What's what? And it's great to call you, Coach. I mean, I just working with you last year. We all love working with you, and we got a new member of our family, John Henson, on here tonight with us as How well. But Steve, what's that emotion being back in the hotel room and your kids get a top twenty-five win? What ten days into your first season back at Murray State? Yeah, well, I think it just speaks volumes about the program. Uh, to be honest, this is a special program. And it's been like this for a long, long time, uh, going on for years. And just a win like this tonight, I mean, you know, John ja Moran and Evan Brown, you know, Popeye Jones. I mean, so many different people you hear from, you know, Isaiah Cannon, Jawan Long, just guys of Coach Kennedy, who I was here. I think that's the great thing. You just, we have an unbelievable fan base. If you could see that on TV, that come out and support uh, and really follow and, and pull for us. Uh, but we've got a special pro- program here, and it's been like this for a long, long time. Matt did a phenomenal job. Coach Kennedy, you know, it goes back a long, long way. Mick Cronin, uh, we've had a lot of special people and players here. 
I got to ask you, Steve, you only played seven guys tonight. It's that indicative of of how you plan on playing it this year, or did it just like it just turn out this way in today's game? I know, you know, Texas A&M like to throw a lot of bodies at guys. And, you know, you guys, it was a little bit concerning to start the second half. They came out, they went up. And when you're not a deep team, your team just responded and came right back. Is that just, you know, what's your formula for your team going forward? Is it the way it is now, or are you going to see things changing? We'd like to play. Play nine guys if we can. You know, we've got seven upperclassmen and we've got 13 brand new guys. We had DJ Burns come back out of our 13 scholarship guys. The other 12 are new, but five of those guys are freshmen and and one guy's a sophomore that didn't play much as a freshman. So he's almost a freshman in a lot of ways. And just with the physicality and the toughness that Buzz Williams and Texas A&M play with, it was hard to get some of those young guys in there where the game can go, you Either can way. lose it quick, you know, in a 6-0 run, a 7-0 run. And so, you know, you kind of get through this first game sometime with your top seven, but we know talking tonight as a staff, we've got to try to get eight and nine out there tomorrow and as we go in on to Sunday. But we'd like to play nine. I've got to get, you know, in the first couple games, we've played a couple freshmen, and we've got I'm excited about our freshman class. We've got to get a couple out there and start to establish some minutes for them, though. Steve, question, was there a point in time being as, you know, form, you know, recently on the player side in the first half where was there a play or a possession or maybe a run that you said, all right, you know, hey, look, these boys are going to be all right. This is going to be a good game for us. Yeah, I think we just got off to a great start. It was 5 nothing. You know, uh, Kenny White, uh, you know, just a wing player for us, made a three in the corner. We're up 12-6. I, I, I thought just when we were matching their toughness, and that we were competing the right way and really trying to defend. And they're a tough team to rebound against. We are a little small, uh, but just we we had a we had fight. And then, you know, they change defenses. They pressure a little, little bit. And it's not the first play out of the ball screen that you're going to get. It's the next play. And when guys were starting to make the next play, the extra pass, sharing a basketball, I knew we had a yep. chance. And, uh, you know, we closed the first half really well. We had a big three late to go up 35-28 or a layup at the buzzer. That was huge to go from five to seven. But I think, you know, we, we've we grown a lot from the St. Louis game. St. Louis is really good. And, good. you know, we went up there not knowing where we were. And I think our guys got humbled. We all got humbled to where it's like, all right, this is what it takes if you want to be good at this level in these leagues. And so this was a great step for us. The biggest turning point tonight, it's, 60-58, we called timeout. Our bench was great. Our guys were mature. They handled it. We go 10-2 run, 70-60, and that really helped us, you know, finish the game out. Steve, Jacoby Wood goes for 23 points, four assists. He's a transfer from Belmont. What impressed you the most about what Jacoby did in this win over Texas a and I thought he had great poise all night. You know, I thought he had really good poise. Uh, the guys looked to him for a lot of leadership. He made shots, and then he made free throws down the stretch. I think that was another big thing. We got him at the line. We got Rob Perry at the line. But Jacoby made shots. He was good in pick and roll. And, you know, the way they guard ball screens, we're fortunate. We have a couple front court players that are skilled that we can we can throw out of the ball screen and let them go make a play. You know, Jamari Smith, DJ Burns, some of those guys, and we were able to do that. But I thought he just – he had an even temper all night. He communicated well with the bench. Uh, it wasn't too high, wasn't too low. And, you know, I thought he did a really, really good job tonight for us. 
Hey, Steve, these MTEs give you a chance. You're going back to back. You usually don't, you won't do this again until probably conference tournament play and, you know, going forward, you know, how do you prepare your team? Is there anything you've learned that you've changed? Cause you, you know, it's all, as you know, you're in it and then you spend the year watching everything. What, what have you changed for stuff like this? Has anything changed? I should say in your coaching philosophy from sitting out a year. Cause when you go straight through and then things just slow down, you get to watch, you get to pick up other ideas. Like, what are you, when, is there something that you're adding now that you didn't do before to your team, help your team prepare for this moment? I, I think the biggest thing we're trying to do is I just trying to get back to being a, 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 what Murray stands for. And I think maybe I got away from that a little bit then maybe at my last year or so at Iowa State. We just weren't, we got to be tough, tough. We got to have great, great grit to us, you know, and just continue to play the right way. And I thought that's what I was most pleased about tonight is just our guys were, were, were tough. But I think in tournament play, especially right now, man, the locker room's great, and it's great for that moment, but it's three games in. Right. And so it's like, why were we good tonight? Can we have great humility, right. okay? And can we turn the page when we wake up in the morning and understand, all right, if we want to belong, if we want to be in this arena for these type of moments and these type of games, then how did we get there? And I think just humility is the one word that I'll always – stick with me, will stick with me, and I'll always challenge our guys with that is you've got to stay humble because once you start feeling yourself or it's about me, man, they, they're going to come get you. And that's just how it's always worked. And so, but, you know, from sitting out, I obviously, you know, I have a good piece about myself now getting in here, being back in Murray. It's a place I've got a great comfort level, great relationships. I care a lot about this university and this program. And uh, I think it's really about just getting these guys understanding how important our relationships are and how important this program is to so many people. And that's that's the biggest building blocks. And this was just one step. I think this team has a chance to do some good things. We're not where we need to be today, but this was a big first step. Go ahead, John. You got anything? No. I'd say no, it was. No, I, I, yeah. Go ahead, John. Just, just talking to you for a little bit, you know, and, and seeing the energy and, and – the feel for you, I, 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 I there's no brainer. You guys are gonna win today, and then tomorrow, I think it's the same thing. So, you know, it's, that's it's super cool to see. I'm just being on the other side now. It's kind of interesting to just see the analysis. You know, especially my college days, I had a lot of fun and a lot of tournaments and things like that. So this is just it's super cool, man. Prom, yeah. give prom, give Henson some advice here about after dark and kind of how he <laughs> de- like how does he deal with us? Hey, you, you got a great group. <laughs> you know, uh, these guys are the best. You'll have the best time. I tell you, I tell everybody, man, I had the best time on this show last year. I enjoyed the group. Though Randolph's a Cowboys fan, you know. Slide. John likes you miss team. Who's your team? Who's your NFL team? Who's mine? Yeah. yeah. yeah um, I like the Buccaneers, man. I'm, I'm a I'm a I'm a Tampa guy. They, so, they suck. They're in a conversation. Yeah, hey, hey, Steve, I gotta pick on you a little bit. <laughs> don't let don't let Antoine off the hook. Antoine is a, he he's a Cowboys fan. I know, he's a, that's he's I a closet say. Cowboys yeah. fan. So yeah. he, he, he a DC guy, but he a he a Cowboy fan like me. So y'all got I, some bragging rights going on, some yeah. betting going on. Come come. Yeah, come I, uh, he told me he knew you because I told him we were <laughs> he said he knew you. But yeah, he's diehard Cowboys. I know yeah. that. But man, it is it's it's great people. Uh, it's great to be on here. You know, I was looking forward. I was like, man, I can't wait first big win to to jump on here. And man, you'll have a lot of fun with these guys. And I appreciate you guys getting uh, having us on.
Good luck tomorrow, man. If we had told you, we're cheering for you. Thank you. If we had told you one year ago, one year ago today, that a year later you'd be lining up on Friday, November eighteenth, twenty twenty-two, and you'd be the head coach of Murray State, and you look down and there's Frank Martin and UMass. I got to say, in a winner's bracket game where Colorado and AM, they're in the loser's bracket, what yeah. would you have said to us? Yeah, yeah there's, I'm, I'm lucky. I'm very fortunate. You know, I've been in really good programs. Iowa State, you know, though, six years there. But, man, phenomenal fan base. Murray State's a special place. Great to be here and excited to see where we can go. And hopefully we can be have great humility tomorrow and compete the right way and put ourselves in a position to play for a championship on Sunday. Mm. It's the first win over a ranked team in the Associated Press Top 25 for Murray State since they beat St. Mary's in 2012. What a victory. They get UMass tomorrow. That is going to be a lot of fun when the racers take on the Minutemen. Steve Prohm, it was so great to see your face. Thank you for not talking about my football Thanks, thanks man. And good luck tomorrow. Good see luck, Steve. Thanks, Bye, man. man. See you guys. Good luck. Yes, sir. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There he is, man. You know, there are people in this business, There, whether it be coaches, players, guys like yourselves that we get to work with, that they're they're even better people than they are in their profession. Right. right. And I thought C.J. Moore, who does a great job covering college basketball, he he tweeted out earlier that Steve Prohm took a year to to learn some things about himself and adapt and grow and and move forward. And he's one of the good guys. And I got to say, R.C., like we got a first a firsthand look at it, and sometimes taking a year. You just heard what Steve Prohm, what the last year of his life has meant to him. It allowed him to almost kind of flush away the bad right. and, and and look at where he's most comfortable. And I think where Steve Prohm's most comfortable is being the head coach of Murray State. When you step back from it and, and when you're down in it, you're just doing it for so long. When you start stacking years coaching, all of a sudden, when you take a year out of it, and I, I could, the reason I asked him that because I could relate to that. And all of a sudden, I found myself studying and then watching stuff and saying you know what if i get back in it this is what i'd like to do and you start implementing so many more things but the other thing is you're just so at peace with it you just it's a calming effect that you know what when i come back you're so riled up before you know about everything 
And then I just think after a while, you're just like, you know what, if I get back in this, there's some things I want to change. I want to, I want to implement this more. I want to get better at this. And, and, and a lot of times it just has to do with you being at peace with it and you're going to learn more things. And then, you know, you implement those things, but you're just, you're just so much more at peace when people come back for a second time, because there's a level of, like he said, humility and appreciation for what you're doing. You know, before you just get in it and you go, you're just thinking this is supposed to be it's nonstop. It's nonstop. It's almost like you lose something or something's taken away from you. And then when you get to crack at it again, you just have an appreciation for it. And you want to share that with with everyone else. And and you got to be happy for him because he was fun to work with. And and I'm really, really cheering for him. I know we all are. You know, he's I mean, he's great dude. I mean, he got me ready to commit, you know what I'm saying? You know, I forgot how smooth these college coaches and how cool and calm collected they are, man. Like, yeah, I, I love watching them play today. I mean, literally talking to them and seeing the team, being as I didn't really know them very well, it kind of all made sense, you know, and, and how they played and, and the spirit they had. And, um, you know, I think they, I don't want to jinx them, but I think they got a really good chance, man, to make some noise, you know, especially with the team tomorrow, man. If, you know, they can kind of, like you say, stay humble, be able to handle prosperity, um, they, they've, got, they've, got, they've got a shot, man. I, I like them. Well, we'll stick in the Myrtle Beach Invitational. And if there's a team that has embodied what college basketball is this time of year, no team exemplifies that more than Colorado. They lost to Grambling, who's in Jeff Goodman's top 25. We're going to get to that in a little bit. <laughs> RC, right. RC has a message to at Goodman Hoops. It's coming yeah. up. Uh, they then beat Tennessee. So today they show up against UMass. I got to be honest, guys, I turned the game on. I'm thinking this could be a tough day for UMass. Colorado's got some momentum on their side. Maybe KJ Simpson and company can can keep the momentum rolling in this tournament. Uh, uh, UMass Mm. wins 66-63. They defended. They won tough. This is a great win for Frank Martin. RC, what did you see? You know, when you play against a Frank Martin team, it's toughness, right? And and, and you better be prepared to come out and compete. And – we we all thought I I I was originally thinking like this was going to be a runaway. I thought Colorado just was playing better, thinking that they were going to come out so strong and just kind of dominate this game and anything but that. But again, when you play with a level of toughness, and we just heard Steve say this about their group, when you're playing against the Buzz Williams teams, you're going to play against a level of physicality and toughness, and you better match it if you plan on winning that game. And today, I don't think Colorado. They just didn't score. They didn't answer it as much. It's kind of like what Gonzaga did. It take they take you out of it, and you got to be able to make some adjustments. I don't know if Colorado did that the way today. They shot at only thirty four percent from the floor. They were like 23, 24% from three. three yep. uh, but that's what pressure does to you. You know, that's what it does to you. And and you, you need more balanced scoring with that. And they can't rely. You know, they're, they're just too reliant upon you know on on uh, you know on, on on a guard play on KJ Simpson to play well. And, and today wasn't one of his better games. He was you know, shot like 25% from the field. I think he was like four for 15, four for yeah. 16 tonight. And he needs to play well for them in big games for them to win those kind of tough games. And he didn't tonight. Yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, especially in college, you have to impose your will or your style of play. And I still have nightmares of playing Wisconsin and a 50 point game in North Carolina. And we, it's a ball game because they impose the will. So I think that's what UMass did today. Specifically, Conti going at, you know, Lawson Lover, the big boy down there, I mean, kind of giving it to him a little bit. I think that's kind of set the tone, man. And, and I don't think Colorado is ready for that physicality. Um, 
you know, as I said, Gonzaga wasn't either, you know, it just, I, I don't think sometimes when you get out there and you feel it, it's different than watching it on film, you know? And John, you were telling me before the show, I want you to share with America a little, a little yeah. of your thoughts on Frank Martin and Mike Beasley and, and just like yeah. Frank at UMass. You know, Bees, I, yeah, so I, I played with Bees and Bees loves Frank Martin. I mean, literally he, every summer he, he was going out to K-State wherever he was at and he spends a week there, man. And so I think that's just a testament to how he gets his guys to rally around him and play for him. You know, he fights for his guys as we all, all know. And, and so I'm not surprised, man, that that they won today. And and he's been in those big games. And and I think UMass kind of is one of those jobs where, it's, you know, if he can get it together, especially with the portal being how it is now, it can be kind of a sleeping giant, man. So tomorrow, you know, with these two coaches, these are kind of two kind of sleeping giants that maybe can make some noise come, you know, March because nobody's really established, you know, a, a hierarchy right now in, in anything in, in college right now. No, and Frank Martin was an instant game changer for UMass and is going to continue to be. He's going to be able to bring in talent there. He's going to raise the profile. So that's an interesting game tomorrow. And to think that Colorado and Texas A&M are meeting in a loser's bracket game in Myrtle Beach is just – that is something that I could not have predicted, that's, but here we are. That that I'll tell you what, it's a lot riding on that game tomorrow. You finding yourself right. – I mean, both of those teams, as far as their postseason hopes, they're in must-win. I mean, at Colorado more – than a and because a and is, you know, obviously ranked in the top 25. They'll drop, but they're right there. But, again, for their resume and going forward, you know, because they got a tougher bracket. I mean, they, they're going to be playing. When they get in conference play, you know, you, you, this losses now hurt you later on, and you got to win these games. When you're, you're battling these conferences, if you're not going to finish in the top three or four in your league, then they, you're going you're gonna to look it back. We always talk about this, John, at the end of the year when we're doing these blind resumes, Mm -hmm. These are the type of games that we're going to be looking at when we say, all right, blind resume over, you know, over this, you know, over these wins. And people take it for granted. Coaches want to complain yeah. about how many teams their conferences should be in. You, mm -hmm. these games matter and you better be prepared, you know, against these games, you know, in these games early You're on. so, you are so right. No, no, I, I agree with that. I mean, I think this is almost a must one for Colorado because A&M is going to be able to, you know, I, I think UMass is a good team, but A&M is going to be, a, you know, uh, A&M is going to be able to kind of get back into it. If they need, if they have to, they'll be playing some good teams or whatever. Uh, you know what I mean? So I think Colorado has to win tomorrow because we don't even know what, what team, what, what, what is this team? You know what I mean? But I don't think that's going to happen personally. So it's going to be, it's going to be tough sledding. Um, you know what I mean? Because A&M is angry right now and they, you know, they see that ranking beside their name, and, and that's a big deal, man, in college, man. You, you want to be playing for something at all times. So They're going to be challenged with a toughness that they didn't answer necessarily today, and that's going to double tomorrow. And they're going to have right. to be prepared to come out against a an angry A&M team that's going to play with the same physicality that, that UMass played today. And so hopefully they'll – I'm pretty sure they'll step up and compete, but they need, they need Simpson and guys playing a little better than they played today. Here's the deal. Feast week is one of the most critical weeks of the entire college basketball season. It might just be two weeks into the season, not even with these events going on right now. But in a world where you're going to play your league throughout January and February, what your league's profile is when the calendar turns to January, yep. what people think of your conference is what they right. think. It's not mm -hmm. going to change because by then you're playing each other. And if you don't have a non-conference resume stored up, it doesn't matter how much you beat each other up. 
That's what the Big Ten has done well in recent years. It's what the ACC failed to do last season. And that's why when the ACC had a great march, guys, a lot of people were shocked, but a lot of people turned their clicker off the ACC in January and February because they said, I'm not watching this league because I've, I have formed my, rep, my my view on it after watching in November and December. This point in the year decides how much money your conference is going to make come March. Because if you've got the wet resume wins, if you go 500 in a power league, you're going to make the NCAA tournament because your league's going to benefit as a whole. John, you know this, and we're both ACC guys. So, you know, yeah, we're, yeah. We're, we're biased to that. But mm-hmm. what we have to be honest with is that you have to – Every year, you got to check that resume. We can't do it off reputation. You know, you can't make the assumption from when I played or when you played, you know, mm-hmm. in the league. It, it, it's every year, every every few games. I mean, you, you're checking that resume every year. And and so the Big Ten ACC Challenge matters. You know, it, it, it matters. Like, you know, winning those games matter. You know, playing these early games, they matter. Because at the mm-hmm. end of the year – you got to come up with something more other than just saying, hey, I played in the ACC or I played in the Big Ten. Because right. as we're finding out early, this early time, there's a lot of mid-major teams that should be playing in the NCAA tournament. They're good enough. And particularly now, more than ever with the portal, there are right. no easy games. There's no easy wins. You take them as you can get them. But for a lot of teams that are in a bubble, and there's not a lot of spots. I mean, I know that that's a whole other conversation when we're talking about adding – teams when you when you talk about the automatic bid and and and, mm-hmm. and then you talk about the team that's going to finish up in the top 20 in the country or so top 30 teams they're going to take up those spots there's really not a lot of spots left in that so a lot of this matters and a lot of teams are building their resumes right now whether they like it or not whether you're trying to and this is what hurts those teams and john we talked about this when we were at the uh, champions classic yes when you try to play this cupcake schedule when you try to avoid all this the con, you know, avoid it. And I get it. And I, you know, yeah. I defended it. I understand because when you're thinking about the job, I got to get wins. But when it comes to the tournament time, if you don't play a great non-conference schedule, you damn sure better have a hell of a year in your conference and finish in the top four or five in your conference. If you do not be quiet, go home, take your 20 wins and just take yeah, it and yeah. be happy with it. But you're not deserving of getting in the tournament. Uh, I don't care where you play. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think there's got to find a balance of, you know, we play these teams that we can get wins over and find out about ourselves a little bit before we have to play the big dogs. But also playing the big dogs is something like, you know, like the Big Ten AC Challenge. I had that circle, right? I thought that was a big deal. You keep tally. It's a competitive thing. And, you know, I think that matters in the scheme of things. And, um, you know, the Big Ten early in the season has been beaten on the ACC lately. But, you know, that's just – that, that's but that's why they're that, look how many teams yeah. from the Big Ten have been getting in. That's why yep. the pendulum yep. has swung till the Big Ten getting teams in. Yep. And so now we get people get to say things like, "Yeah, with the success of the ACC at the end of the year, you know what? I'm gonna ask you this because you're an alum. Talk we got to ask, put you on the spot. Did you think the Tar Heels prior to the last month or so? Did you see that coming? I did, I, I did not see I did not see it coming, and you know there was a classic case of them voices got hot, right? And I think even you know, kind of going on to this year, you know, they're trying to they're trying to continue that style of play, but they got hot. Caleb Love, RJ, got you know Armando was Brady Manic. I mean, you know, shot what fifty percent from hit eighteen threes, something crazy. So like, 
yeah, you know, teams get hot, and I think North Carolina just got hot. You know what I'm saying? And and you know, with even with them beating Duke, you know, I think that was a confidence booster. But like you said, it it before that tournament, I mean, it was it was looking sketchy a little bit for them, and and so, um, yeah, that it, that that's that, that's a good point. I mean, you got to these wins matter, and you know, like say Colorado tomorrow, a And M. That's a that's a win. That's you know, especially for Colorado, if they can get that, it's going to kind of boost their resume because the Pac-12 is not that strong. And, and you know, even with UCLA playing, I think the Illinois tomorrow, I think that's a yeah. conference conference kind of, you know, boosting battle. Um, I think Illinois is going to destroy them personally. But, um, <laughs> you know, that's just, you know, it's, 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 it's fun, man, just kind of seeing these conferences go at it. Why do you think Illinois is going to destroy UCLA? I, I just think that they, they defend. They defend at a high clip. And 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 they, they they get after it. They rebound at a high clip as well, even though they haven't played anybody. You defend and you rebound, you're gonna beat people straight up mm. in college basketball. So so that I, I think uh, I think that's what it is. And, and, and UCLA is a three point shooting team as well. So I think with Shannon Jr. and, and you know he him you know he's averaging what 20, 20 a game this year. I, he's I don't been know. Very good. He's very good. I, I think that's a sneaky game for you know UCLA. To, I think and you said it's gonna be a blowout. I, I just think I, I I almost call it a blowout. When I say Ooh. beat, when I say beat down, I, I'm I'm just saying you know wire to wire. Hey, look, you know what I'm saying. This is this going Illinois is gonna take it to him. I mean, you know, I'm the, I don't know if I can agree with you on that one. I'm not I'm not gonna I jump just, on that one early, but yeah, don't do Yeah, I'm leaning I'm toward, I'm toward tomorrow. the Bruins on that one early okay, on. Okay. I do like the. Yeah. I do like Illinois. I I, I they're, they're two well coached teams, but I do think toughness is something that's. UCLA has. I just think they're really, really talented, and they got deep. I mean, I think you know Goodman picked them to win a national championship, didn't he? Um, early in the year, I, I yes, think early on, this is a game that they, they have the experience to win. I love their guard play, and, and, and so I, I, it's going to be. They're going to be one of the teams I expect to be very impressive at the first month of the season. I just, I actually, because I looked it up today, I just they're ranked thirty-two in points per game, giving up fifty-six. They're twelve in rebounds per game. I, I. I but one I thing I don't—I'm gonna I tell you why I don't—I don't like yeah. the analytic things yeah, early yeah, yeah. on, because yeah. sometimes that can be off the competition that you're playing, and there hasn't you're been right. enough quality opponents matched right. up with each other to, to to be fair. Where I can say, oh, okay, if you're if you're number one offensive rebounding team, and number, right. if I've scheduled low major teams and I won by thirty, uh, you know, then those numbers are skewed right now. So I, I you know. As we start, tomorrow's a big test for yeah. both teams. I mean, I think we're seeing, you know, we've seen that throughout the country. We saw it at the Champions Classic. You saw you know, Gonzaga respond. Yeah. There's not a lot of teams playing like Gonzaga and Michigan State that, that are just saying, hey, bring on yeah. everybody. We're going to go yeah. play the best competition out there. There's not a lot of coaches that that kind of subscribe to that kind of competition. I um and then you know but see the same thing UCLA ain't played anybody either and they're one twenty three rebounding so that's kind of where I got that number from you know they both have played cupcakes but they're in drastic different rebounding and, and kind of numbers and that especially on the boards and and you know in college boards matter you know what I'm saying when I was in school we were the number one rebounding team in the country and that kind of translated to a lot more wins a lot more possessions a lot less possessions for the other team. All right. It's We're in the 1140. group chat. I'm, I'm going to hit you tomorrow. We're going we to talk about you. <laughs> I got to tell you, if you're right, if you're right, Illinois would send a message to the rest of the nation that, that they could be argued as the best team in the Big Ten. And they're not the only Big Ten team that's going to face a big test tomorrow. We will get to that. We'll get to Friday games very soon. But we got to talk about what happened last night. 
What happened last night was Chris Beard said he hit a grand slam over the summer with Tyrese Hunter. Texas boat race Gonzaga. You do not see Gonzaga. I don't care if the game's played on Mars. You don't see Gonzaga get commanded, you know, get, get really dominated blitzed. on a night. They got blitzed. They got blitzed. Yeah, was it more to you? This is the hard question, John Henson. Was it more to you that Gonzaga's got more concerns than they've had in recent years or that Texas should be regarded as a legitimate final four candidate this season? All right, so I'm going to bounce back to Randolph and say, all right, it's early, right? You know, these, it's early. But Gonzaga struggled against Michigan State as well. The guard play is a little shaky. They got our what we call our traditional big, and and a traditional big one can't really carry the squad. you got to have guard play, and I think that was the difference of the game. Um, shout out to Dylan Mitchell, Tampa kid, man. I, I hope he plays well this <laughs> year, man. That's, that's my guy, you know what I'm saying? So he was on my AAU program, so, like, I love Texas. I love everything they have going on. Beard has kind of sunk in his claws into that program. And, and as you saw last night, I think they're primed. You know, the Texas we've seen the last few years, they play well. And then they midway through the season, they kind of fall off. And so, like, hopefully they keep going. Man. John, but, I, 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 the guard play is concerning because they got punk, but I don't want to overrate it as much. There's talent there. And Texas played, I mean – the reason I said it is because Hunter, you know, Tyrese Hunter was was great last night. You know, he 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 played. I mean, he played out of his mind, but he hasn't been that. You talking about a guy that shot twenty seven percent from three a year ago, right? And he's and you and if you look at his stats and you say, oh man, if you would look up right now and be like, oh, he's shooting forty percent. Well, he's shooting forty percent because he made five threes yesterday. Right. Going into yesterday's right. game, he was one for seven, right? So right. which which guy am I gonna get? Do I think he do I think he's improved? I do. I don't worry about him defensively. Mm-hmm. I'm just worrying about him consistently knocking down jump shots like he did last night. I mean, last night it was he looked, you know, he looked like Steph, you know, Steph Curry out there at one point. <laughs> right. And, and, yeah. and I, I'm I'm joking about it, but seriously, I think now again, you can't take take anything away from him. I'm just saying there's not that much of a I'm not gonna panic with Gonzaga because they do have a difference making Drew Timmy. Yes. Uh, they just sped their guards up. They sped those guards up. And and I think there's some depth there, man. There's some quality guys. Malachi Smith is an experienced guard there. They need to they need to get him in and maybe try to force feed Timmy in a different way. They just outworked them, man. They, they just played harder. They were the tougher team. And, and their guard play, man, they kicked Gonzaga's ass. Maybe, you know, Gonzaga coming into this tournament season with a couple of notches on their belt and not 31 and O or 29 and one um, can help them. Cause personally, when I was playing the years that we were the best, we lost early, man. And it was, it was kind of an eye opener for us, a humbling experience. And we started to listen. Right. And we started to kind of come together as a team. And so maybe that's kind of what goes on with them. They got another big game coming up, obviously. So I love they're going at these heavy hitters, but they got to win one. Well, well, they have to because they know when they get in the conference, no one in their conference can replicate the athletes and everything that they're going through right now. So they have to do this because they are talented and they are a, a national championship contender. And they need to play against these teams, one, for like you talked about. So coach can say, hey, I've told you this, to get their ear because when they get in the conference play, they're going to lose what? two games max when they get in the conference play max that max and, and now now you have kentucky on sunday that's now a fascinating game because here you Ooh. have kentucky earlier this week 
I see John shaking his head like what went wrong there losing to Michigan State in a game that they should have won like Sunday Timmy versus Sheepway but here's the deal here's the deal in that game like when I look at Gonzaga and I think I heard of in both your voices Jalen Suggs isn't walking through that door and Andrew Nemhart's not walking through that door like right now that backcourt and to me, it's probably got to be Malachi Smith because of his experience level. Smith. But that the playmaking side there, you, and it goes back to Michigan and Gonzaga. The more you look at it, might be might be similar and similar just by virtue of the the guard play is not in rhythm at this stage of the season. Yeah, and and I think that's just another factor of them figuring out who they are. Right, you don't want to figure out who you are in a you know, sweet 16, right. And what you need in coming, you know, coming, cause that's, I think that's what Gonzaga has been done, you know, done in you know, the national championship they played against Baylor. They ain't never seen no boys like that. Right. Years before same thing. So I, I think those guards will figure it out. They're better than they're showing in my personal opinion and them coming up against these, these, these blue chip guys that, that they see on the, on the, on the five-star rankings, I think is only going to help them, you know, later in the season. I, I think they'll be fine. I think Kentucky is going to be a real test for them. Obviously the Shibuya, Timmy, I would say national player of the year matchup, but you know, they both got some work to do, especially with their teams being, you know, need to be, but it you know, is, win. it is. Yeah. I mean, this goes yeah. a long way. Whoever plays well and whoever wins this game mm-hmm. goes a long way toward them winning it because Timmy will bounce back. He'll, he's going to put up monster numbers. Yep. And John, going back to what we talked about before with the bigs, when you have a big like Timmy and those guys, if that guy isn't playing great, if he isn't dominating, mm-hmm you're putting them in ball screens and you're attacking them on the defensive end of the floor. And Timmy's not a great defender in space. Mm-hmm. So if you have to play through him better and they have to do a better job of letting him touch the ball just to right. control the pace and be, he's an efficient scorer. I mean, last night he was seven to 10. He just yep. needs to touch the ball to get more shots. If you don't feed a big, when you have a dominant big like Hunter Dickinson and, and, mm-hmm. and Drew Timmy, like those guys, if you're not feeding him the ball, on the up, the other team is attacking him. Mm-hmm. You're putting him in DHOs, dribble handoffs. I'm I'm trying. I'm doing everything I can to get him out and you know, get him away from the basket. And he's spending so much energy on that. So you got to get those bigs going early. I mean, credit to Texas last night. That guard play, they just mangled him, and they and they mm-hmm. and they will fix that. We know they will. But you, you got to get Timmy the ball more. You're right. Yeah, you, you don't use those bigs. They're they're, they're used. I mean, they become almost. A lie, like you say, useless. I'm a liability right? because, in that aspect yeah, because, because they just because it's it. like because it's like all right, we don't have him down there banging a hey, collapse of the defense, you know, getting those things going. And, and when you don't have that going, and, and he's just you know running up and down the court doing sprints, um, it's not good for anybody. You know what I'm saying? You, you know what happens, John? And you you could say this, and this happened in that yeah. Texas game mm-hmm. when a big touches the ball enough, when the extra guys are start coming and they're coming for him. Mm-hmm. They're willing to pass it. But when you don't get it, then you find yourself trying to force it through the double team, which Timmy did a few times last night, trying to yep. go up, got called, mm-hmm. got some turnovers that way. And and again, if he gets it early, I think he'll be more reluctant to 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 kick it out, find guys, better spacing. But right, and I would say that about all those bigs. I mean, that they're 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 really big, really good offensive guys, but you're going to attack them on a defensive end. And, and, they, and the I, way you're going to attack them is just attack their guards. I, I used to say, this is NBA, but it's still the same thing. When Steven Adams, if they didn't feed him early, 
he was a lot easier to handle for the rest of the night. Oh, it is. I mean, yeah, yeah, it, it is with every. So, but think about it. It's that way with yes. every big. Because yeah, yeah. the one thing about so, it, a big is a not a low post scoring big needs yeah. help getting the ball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and like I said, he got frustrated last night. And yeah. Timmy had five turnovers last night. He let him in turnovers. And yeah. because after a while, you're trying to force it because you hadn't gotten a lot of touches. And, and that's something in his experience. He's trying to do more, and they'll figure it out. They're just too talented not to. So I'm not overly concerned about him. Uh, the question will be is after that Kentucky game, whoever loses that game, are you kidding me? Ooh. I know. Are you I know. tried to warn us. He tried to warn us, though. He said this team isn't, he said this team oh, isn't ready. <laughs> He yeah. put out the tweet. He put out the tweet. He said, we're not He's, ready, man. Don't worry about us. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the coach of Kentucky, okay? You brought back the reigning national player of the year. Don't tell me you're not ready. Enough. John, I can, t- I can tell you this, John. We, when we were at Champions Classic, the Kentucky fan base don't want to hear that shit either. Yeah, they don't want to hear man. I know they, they – I'm just – look, this is what he said, you know, so that, that's kind of what – Okay, okay, Henson. Henson, wait a minute. If you told a, a Carolina fan in November, we're just not ready. We're not ready. Hey, I might tell them off camera, not a Twitter, not on Twitter though. Hey, they don't want the, the, the Tar Heels don't want to hear that either. They don't want to hear. They do not want to. We're not ready to defend. We're not ready to make a run at the night with with, with Armando Baycott and Love and R.J. Davis. Hey. You got half the damn first team all ACC <laughs> on a, on a team that was one rebound from from not, winning the Natty. Don't nobody want to hear that. Hey, especially when especially when our best player is seven figure guy, man. We don't want to hear that, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, we got 10 minutes left. This has been a treat. Talk with you two for two hours. So we have the question here. Because of some of the losses of Kentucky and Gonzaga, I want to hear what you guys think. And to give you another moment to make sure that, that your thoughts are collected, one of the questions we're asking tonight, we'll ask you in the YouTube chat, who are the top five teams in college basketball at this moment? I'll give you my list very quickly. Houston yes. one. Yes. Hey, yo. Baylor. Baylor two. North Carolina's three. They're still in the top five. Then I go with Kansas because of what they showed the other night. And mm. then I I credit big wins. Okay. Texas would slide in there right now. And if they're not in there, they're just after. We could talk about Creighton. You could talk about Arkansas. You could talk about others. Where do you guys side with your top five? Go ahead. Go ahead, John. Um, you know, the king is still the king of the castle. You can't demote the king if he hasn't got his crown taken off his head. So I'm going UNC, number one. I love the way Houston's playing. I mean, they look really good. I, I'm, I can't wait to see them play against, you know, somebody that's, you know, of decent caliber. Baylor, I like Baylor, solid. You know, they've got a squad. I'm going to go Kansas and Texas. Yeah, you know, we're, I like we're the right Texas there. win, but is at home. I, I I think we'll get more as we get through some of these MTEs. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm. I mean, we got similar teams. I'm going to keep UNC in there as well. I think they're adjusting to people wanting to beat the number one team. 
I'm going to add UCLA in there, and then we're going to find out more about them against, against after they after the Illinois number two? game. No, 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 just in the five, not necessarily okay, number okay. one. I don't think they're number okay. two. I think okay. Houston, Houston's right there. I wouldn't argue Houston being one or two. I think yeah. I'm just going off of. Okay. I said Carolina because of where they were ranked to start the year. It's it's Houston's right there. I think Baylor and Kansas are right there. But but I I again we're gonna find out more from UCLA because let's be honest, Kansas wasn't that impressive. You know yeah. when we watched them play, it, it they they need to play better. There's things they need to you know to do better. They didn't shoot the ball well, and I don't know. That was our concern about that team going in is if Grady Dick isn't shooting the ball well. I worry about Kansas' ability to shoot the ball. They were three of, I think, 19 from three. And uh, I don't know. That's not the strength of a lot of their guys. So uh, they're going to be relying upon a freshman and some other guys stepping up in that area. But, uh, you know, UCLA, Kansas, Baylor, and Houston, and UNC would be my five. Hey, head to feelthe68.shop. Check out our merch. Rob Dowster can't guard me. Fun Bell, Jeff Goodman can't guard me. <laughs> The Friars, <laughs> you got to check out the Friars shirt if you haven't yet. Uh, with the luck of the Friars, they got a big one on Saturday against Miami. So check that out. Feel the 68.shop. All right, we got seven minutes left. We have a big Friday. We have best bets with the three-man weave crew every day. They'll give you their best bets tomorrow. We're sponsored by Bet Rivers. But we've got seven minutes, and we have big, big, big games. This is a huge Friday night of college basketball. Let's start at the Sintod Center. It's the first major test of the Sean Miller era. Colby Jones' status is up in the air with a sprained ankle. They welcome in the Xavier Musketeers, welcome in the Big Ten preseason frontrunner in the Indiana Hoosiers. John Henson, where do you side in this game? Uh, I'm going to probably go Indiana. Um, Xavier, you know, they they play their they play your guys heavy minutes. They don't have much of a bench. I, I think Indiana's going to wear them wear them down, man. Um, um, I, I like the coach Xavier has kind of implemented now. You know, it's, he, he's a good coach, so there's always a chance. But I, I do think Indiana's physicality and, and, and Jackson Davis and those guys are going to wear him down, man. Indiana has to win this game. Yeah. They have to. They have to win this game. I Why? Mean, there's, no, there's no other way. Because, again, one, they're, they're, they're expected to do it. But, again, you with, with everyone that's coming back, this is a new staff coming to Xavier and everything else. I mean, this is relatively new. You you, you have to come out and win this game. I, I I think everybody's expecting this is a team that's being projected to possibly win the Big Ten. And and coming out early on, you're returning all these players. You're returning a potential player of the year candidate, a first-team All-American. This is one of those games early on you have to win if you want to be considered a, a, a Big Ten champion or even a team that people consider – even a national championship contender. There's too much returning in Indiana. They need to take a step. And I think this is a game where they don't need to be hovering around. This is one of those games we'll look back on later in the year. If they're hovering around a bubble, the, this is the reason why last year they were. This is something they have to win. This is a game they got to step up. All right. All right. I'm going to step in here. Okay. You got for me. Okay. Sean Miller is facing the program that fired his brother. But Sean Miller ain't playing. No, he's not. But he's coaching. And he's twice the coach that Mike Woodson is in college basketball. I don't, I don't know if I can agree with that. But but say what you want. He doesn't have – who's the best player on the floor? Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, it, 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 
He doesn't have the best player. Kobe Jones is looking shaky. Like his, 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 you know, they need I him. agree. I agree with Randolph. Indiana has to win this game for their confidence level, for their all the preseason hype. The pressure is on the Hoosiers here. Because if you lose this game, don't tell me that players don't read stuff. Don't tell me that players don't look at stuff. The amount of criticism that Indiana will face if they lose this game is big. Now, Xavier does have the size to combat Trace Jackson Davis and Race Thompson. I'm talking about Jack Nungy, Zach Freeman. They do. They do. Xavier's point guard situation is a little bit up up and down. I mean, they're they're at this point relying on Sule Boom. Des Claude has been up and down. He's a freshman. He's a freshman. Jones' status is the key to this game because if Xavier with Jones versus Xavier without Jones is such a difference. difference. I think it's a more important. I think it's important for both. But I think to your point on in terms of, here's what I'll say: It's extremely important for Indiana when we talk conferences. Though this is a really important game for the Big East. The Big East does not have a big win on the year. And they need Xavier to come through tomorrow night because we'll turn to our second game here. We only got a couple minutes left. Villanova at Michigan State. Villanova at Michigan State. John Henson, where do you side? I mean, I, I like Michigan State. Um, they are battle-tested, um, and, and I, I think they, they win that game. Villanova obviously is a good program, good team. But uh, I, I got Michigan State kind of taking that one, man. I, they're, 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 they're ready. They're here. Izzo's got them back rolling again, physical playing hard. Um, I love the way they played, the, you know, the, the grit they showed uh, the last game, man. So I, I think that Michigan State's got that. Okay. I, I think it's the same, but until Villanova gets healthy and get everybody back, I, I, it's, it's going to be hard. You know, the, you know, the, the, they're vulnerable right now. And until everybody's back and healthy, I, I think that it'll be, they'll, they'll be, I think Michigan State will overwhelm them. All right. Virginia. Taking on Baylor. Big. This is a big game. Big game. Virginia virtually welcomes everyone back. Here Baylor has Adam Flagler, LJ Cryer. You got Kihei Clark on the other side and Jaden Gardner. Like this is – I love this matchup. John, where do you side? This is a classic imposure wheel styles of play. Baylor's averaging 87 points a game. They're scoring at a high rate. I mean, if you look at their starter stats, I mean, someone's going to have to play some defense or it's going to get ugly. So, but, you know, does Virginia come in and, like, their style of play? Because that's another team when I was playing that we could never really get away from how they play. John, so, just, let's, let's stop. You're not speeding them up. Let's keep – yeah. this, this game so, is – there ain't – this will not – if this is an 80-point game, it means – I can't even imagine it, it would have happened. Right. It, it absolutely means – Virginia, because now Virginia has been prone to go through some laws of 10 minutes or 12 minutes of not scoring a field goal. I don't think that'll be the case this year. I think the pace, it'll be a great test for Baylor because we're talking about potential Big 12 and potential ACC champion. Both of them are one or two in in those leagues right now. And no one would be shocked at the end of the season if if the Big 12 champion is Baylor and not a lot of people would be shocked if Virginia is the ACC champion at the end of the year. Uh, but it's just, it is a contradiction of styles, and and I'm I'm gonna I'm early on I'm gonna go I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Wahoos. Ooh, I like that. I mean, like you said, if, if they're gonna compose their style of play, which they will do, I hate the double the double down. I, I that was 
that was a team I hated playing against. So <laughs> Baylor's gonna Baylor's gonna have a rough time tomorrow. I think I think they'll come out on top ultimately, but it's gonna be a different. It's gonna be a change of pace. So we'll see if they can handle that. John, they got two of the better defensive guards in the, in in the country on that team on the Virginia team. Yeah, Reese Beekman and Clay Clark. All right, last but not least, here we've made our game picks. Our team of the night. Our team of the night goes to a team that entered this evening, folks, having beaten Oklahoma, then coming off wins over someone named Southwestern Adventist and Letourneau. Where is that? Out of the whack. I don't know where it is. I don't know where it is, but they got wins over them. Out of the whack. Out of the Western Athletic Conference, yeah. Sam Houston beats Utah. Sam Houston has defeated Oklahoma and Utah. They're 4-0. So, Randolph Childress, what is your message to at Goodman Hoops? Oh, my message is they should be ranked in your top 25. I mean, you, I mean early schedule, it should be like, like college football does. They let you play a few games, and then they, they change the rankings. And so, right. they should be right there with Grambling and being the top 25. I think they got a better resume right now. Where's Jeff? Somebody tweet Jeff. Jeff should be Somebody tweeting this tweet, right now. Tweet Jeff, Jeff, should, if you look, Jeff should be tweeting this. <laughs> if he's got Grambling up there, I think Sam Houston handles Grambling, man. So, I mean, like, I mean come on. It's, it's, it's a matchup with two top 25 teams in the country right now. You need to, you know, trade that in for a little ESPN slot. So you need you slot somewhere, man. Let's go. Jeff's, Sam Houston Jeff's, Grambling. Hey, Jeff's we, we top love, 25. Game we of love night. paying it off. We love paying it off to the mid-major. Qua Grant with 20 of his 22 in the yeah. second half. And Sam Houston, they basically led Utah wire to wire. Second win over a Power 5 opponent. Congratulations to Sam Houston. That is the way we finish. My last question to Randolph Childress and John Henson is this. Is this. If we played in a three-on-three tournament, okay, you two in your prime, mm -hmm. what would your immediate role for me be? Mm. Can you listen? Can you keep the defense honest? We just need you to keep the defense honest. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Well, maybe, I mean, maybe, maybe we, me and him, go on one side of the court. You space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Space. space. Hey, space. we can set some screens for us. I think he can set some screens. I think he can oh, set look some screens at this. and and roll. Oh, and John, John, John can shoot it a little bit. So we, we, yeah. I can get you shaking up. I come off the ball screen with John. You shake. Oh up, yeah. Out. I mean, put this body in after some turkey next week. I mean, honestly, if you can handle it a little bit, we can screen and roll with you, and you can kind of no, 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 take, no, 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 but I did score. I did score twenty eight in the San Chris Holiday tournament back in go. the eighth grade. There you go. Okay, shots were shots were falling. All you gotta do is make shots. Keep the defense honest. That's all. You you gonna get yeah. open looks. You're not gonna get a lot of looks. You ain't getting the ball a lot. You just standing. Hey, <laughs> when we pass tell you, it to you, it's only gonna I'm be because we don't have a shot. And then you just you what, take what we give you. I'm gonna tell you what changed my trajectory on shooting threes in the NBA. Mike Boonholzer said, "Hey, we don't care if you make it. We need you to shoot it for the offense to work." <laughs> There you go. You know what I'm saying? There you go. This was gold. This was gold for producer Trevor Valise, John Henson, Randolph Childress. This is John Fanta saying, "Make the shots that you do get. There you go. Count. Make them count. Right. Goodbye, everybody. Sam Houston State, baby. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.